Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture on the Rocks. My name is Anna, and as always, I'm here with the wonderful Callan. Callan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm all bundled up in one of my favorite blankets. Mm, that's the best. It's so good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's pretty cold here, and at my house, we don't turn the heat on, so it's just... <laughs> We're all bundled up and feeling real good. Are you drinking anything this evening? Of course. (laughs) I'm having a bottle of Henry Hotspur's hard-pressed cider. Shocker. I know, right? (laughs) I'm back on the cider grind. I love it. Yeah, I took a wine break and I'm back. (laughs) Back to the other fruit juice. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's not my favorite cider. See, the problem is I'll buy like a few different ones at once when I go to Trader Joe's because that's the only place like I can have a selection Mm -hmm. of ciders. But I can never remember which ones I like a lot and which ones are just okay. So a lot of times I end up just buying them again and again. I need to start like writing down which ones I like. So this one is pretty good. It's almost a little bit like not cinnamony, Mm -hmm. but like a like herby. Uh, interesting <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to describe spiced maybe is yes a better term. yeah I follow yeah so like hmm. it's it's pretty good but there's something in there I don't love but I like it I was going to say with the Trader Joe's thing I went for the first time in a long time just so everyone knows I personally have to drive an hour and a half to get to a Trader Joe's so if you live close to one count your blessings for Anna it would be much further yeah unfortunate yeah and I love TJ's but not so fun fact for everyone I guess we'll never get a Trader Joe's in Mississippi itself because of the liquor laws. You know, that's why they won't build one. Yeah. It's because they, I guess, make a lot of money from selling wine in their stores. And in Mississippi, you can't buy wine in the grocery store. So it's like one of my biggest pet peeves about this state we live in. (laughs) I know. I'm really wondering and hoping that that law changes soon, considering like the generation that we are. I mean, our state just passed medical marijuana, which is a big deal for us. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, all right, Mississippi, let's pick it up. You know, we can have wine on Sundays. It's okay. I know. (laughs) We'll we'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. I I like supporting like my favorite liquor stores and all that. And like I would still go there. But sometimes like if you're just in a hurry, like I just want to be able to walk over here and grab it and not make a whole other stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I'll just keep driving to Tennessee. I feel you. It's a it's a small complaint, but it is annoying. Exactly. I did have another thing within this category that I'm not currently drinking, but I just wanted to plug because it's just my new favorite thing. Yeah. For Christmas, I bought myself an espresso machine. Yes. Anna is aware of this because Anna is a barista in one of her past lives. <laughs> She has that experience. So I've been texting her just asking, you know, how to make all these different drinks and such. But I got the Breville Bambino Plus and it has just changed the game. (laughs) 
I like some store-bought cold brew, which is what I was doing before, because I really love iced coffee. I like hot coffee, too, but most of the time, I want iced, and it just, like, wasn't cutting it, because a lot of the store-bought brands, I just didn't think were that great, and then I'm, like, wasting plastic bottles buying those all the time, and it's only, like, four servings, and sometimes it just doesn't hit the spot. Yeah. This, it tastes like I have got a coffee shop latte my roommate Caitlin gave me some Monin syrups for Christmas so now I've got the flavor going on <laughs> and it's just amazing like the espresso having that ability at home it's like it has taken away my desire to go out to a coffee shop because I can get the same flavor at home yeah. Just had to share if you, like me, were spending too much money out on coffee, then do this. And of course, like if I'm traveling or just want to splurge one day, I will go. I like supporting a local coffee shop, but your everyday thing, like I can have a latte every day, you know, at work. It's amazing. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm glad you got one. Next, you'll just have to master your latte art and show us how great it looks. I know. That's my next my next goal, people. Until we do another show in the morning, I'm not going to be drinking something from my espresso machine, so I thought I had to plug it when I could. Yeah, we'll have to do a morning, a morning show at some point so then we can talk about our morning rituals, <laughs> drink-wise. Yes, that was, that was fun when we had our morning voice that one episode. <laughs> it was. That was an early morning, too. It was like we haven't had alcohol because we just woke up but you're getting really the same effect that's true (laughs) very drowsy (laughs) what are you sipping on well it's the same as last week I have my La Marca Prosecco that I've been working on this week I am the kind of person who like I kind of have trouble like winding down after work and stuff And I've never really been the kind of person who's like, I'm going to drink wine to like help me go to sleep or anything. But recently, ever since quarantine, like these puzzles have just been attracted to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel very much like an older person than Mm -hmm. I actually am, but I don't even care because I'll pour myself a glass of wine and work on my puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That is gold. (laughs) Like ever since the beginning of the year, I think I've done four puzzles. They're like 500 pieces. That's probably not very impressive, but it was impressive to me. (laughs) That's still dedication. And I mean, no matter what, that's better than what I've been doing. It's like I wake up, look at my phone, go to work, look at my computer all day, come home, lay down and look at my TV the rest of the night. (laughs) Now I do that too. I I can't sound like a saint over here. I mean, I don't know. I usually watch the challenge while I do the puzzle. Such opposite vibes. It really is. But if there's anything about me, it's that I have two sides and I'm very uh, duplicitous, I guess. So I love that. No, that's that is you should be proud. That's an accomplishment and you're working your brain. So that's thank you. I definitely am that person that sometimes it's like I'll get in bed and have my glass of wine. Yes. Take the edge off and you know. It's good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
Stephen calls it my, because I've, yeah, like the past couple weeks since I've had this bottle of wine, I've just been like going after it. <laughs> and he'll like go hang out with his friends online or something. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to do my usual. He's like, yep, you're going to guzzle and puzzle. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds bad now that I say that out loud, but it's funny. That needs to be trademarked. (laughs) I know. Maybe we need to make like a subscription box or something that's like pop culture's puzzle with a wine pairing or something. Wow. All of these ideas are now coming to my head and I don't want anyone to steal them. So we'll circle back to this when we're not being recorded. That way no one can steal our ideas. (laughs) Perfect. Because I just, I'm seeing it right now. This is amazing. And I guess Steven will get some royalties for the name. Yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, is there anything you've been consuming lately? Watching, listening to all that? Of course. The other night, I just, you know, I've said this on here before. I think that I have to be in the mood to watch a movie. I don't know what it is. I can watch four episodes of a show, but, you know, for some (laughs) reason... I've just got to be in the mood for a movie. I understand. It just struck me the other night. It was Sunday night. So just like that last little weekend beating the Sunday scaries kind of thing. And I just felt the the desire <laughs> to watch a movie come over me. Um, So I browsed my various streaming services and recently discovered that I have access to HBO Max because of my internet. So that oh, is nice. very nice. So I browsed what was on there and then I looked to see like what was disappearing soon yeah. to try to kind of narrow down my options. The movie I ended up watching on there was called Before Sunrise. I don't really remember ever hearing about it. Maybe I have. It's not something that's really stuck with me but it's from 1995, my year of birth <laughs> and <laughs> it stars Ethan Hawke who I did know and then this woman I did not know who is French and sorry I can't remember her name but you can check out the Wikipedia (laughs) it was such a unique movie and I don't know that anyone listening will have ever seen it just because it is a little bit older and I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about it but before I watched it I went to IMDb to see like is this worth my while and it has an 8.1 out of 10 on there so I was like okay this is probably gonna be good And I really liked it. I don't know that I've ever seen a movie as like, I feel like simple sounds bad, like not a lot of effort. And that's not the case, but it's a very simple story and like setup that's done very well. Mm -hmm. The plot is the two of them who are, aside from like random people throughout the movie that might have a few lines, they're the only characters. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so he's an American who had been taking the train around Europe traveling, and she is a student in Paris, and she had been visiting her grandmother, so they're both on this train, and they meet, they just start talking, and he has a flight back to America the next morning, and it leaves from Vienna, so that's where he's getting off Mm -hmm. the train and they talk the whole train ride when the train stops he's like I know this is crazy but my flight leaves in the morning I didn't want to pay for a hotel room I was just going to walk around so do you want to get off the train and 
walk around with me? And she says yes. So the whole movie is literally just them walking around the streets of Vienna and they are like encountering different things like street performers and um, people like at the cafes and just like random people on the street that they'll talk to and in between they have a lot of different conversations just like basically get to know each other each other's lives they have like really deep discussions talk about like past relationships just like all this and so it sounds like super simple and it is but it was like I was walking with them. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like it was one of the best on-screen couples I've ever seen because their chemistry was so good. From what I read, like the girl especially um, like wrote a lot of her own lines. So it felt like very natural conversation. It was just really sweet. Another aspect that I really liked is it's been so long um, since we've gotten to travel and like walk around just somewhere. And the way... like what they were doing is exactly how we are when we travel which is we just love to walk around and like see what we find yeah and the people we interact with it just made me like feel like I was kind of doing that with them which was nice because it's been so long yeah since I've had that feeling so yeah it was really good I highly recommend it and apparently there are two sequels that I was very excited to find out exist yeah so I'm gonna watch those and I will report back definitely go check it out I'm not sure where else it may be streaming like I said that was on HBO Max but it was leaving soon but I'm sure you can find it somewhere else too so I don't know if this has ever happened to you but when I was like looking at the little thumbnail and just like the short little description I just had that feeling of I'm going to like this movie like does that ever happen where you look at this and you're like I'm gonna really like this oh yeah absolutely I just look at it and I'm like yes this movie was made for me (laughs) I really like the 90s vibe. I love the 90s in general, but I like 90s movies and the feel they have. So that added to it. And I was like, yes, this is this is going to be good. And it was. Yeah. Well, that's a great review. I'm very interested. I feel like I've never really seen anything that Ethan Hawke is in. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how he acts, but I love great on-screen chemistry. So that definitely intrigues me. Well, since you talked about a movie that came out a little while ago, I'm going to talk about a TV show that is currently on. Have you watched WandaVision yet on Disney Plus? Yes, I have seen... I've seen the first three episodes. I know more has come out since then. You know how my dad and I watched The Mandalorian together when I'm with him. So the last time I was with him, we watched uh, the first three episodes of WandaVision. Mm -hmm. So yes. Yeah. So I think there are four episodes now at the Mm -hmm. time of this recording. And new episodes come out every Friday. If you don't know what WandaVision is, it's very different. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Like if you watch the first episode, it has very like, I get bewitched vibes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all black and white, very like laugh track, silly humor, that kind of thing. And it's based in the 60s, I believe. Yeah, 50s or 60s. Yeah, Yeah. I think every episode she goes like to a different decade or something. But yeah, so the first two episodes in particular, I feel like there wasn't a ton going on that you could just see right off the bat. Mm -hmm. There were a couple like hidden images or just a couple like really weird moments, but you're not really sure what's 
happening. And I feel like by episode three and four, things really start to pick up and you start getting an idea of like what's really going on. So anyway, if you don't know what WandaVision is, I didn't explain that. Like I said, I was going to. Uh, It is... (laughs) It's on Disney Plus. It's an original Disney Plus show with Marvel. So it's with Wanda, aka Scarlet Witch, aka Elizabeth Olsen, aka two of my favorite people's sister. <laughs> and then Vision. So it's called Wanda Vision. Vision is in like, I don't even know how you describe him. He's a robot or something. And as far as I understand the, the timeline, it, this would occur after everything happens with Thanos uh, snapping and I don't even know what they call it. The purge or the the dusting is what I call it. Um, <laughs> when they all break off into little pieces. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. When uh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. That kind of thing. So far, it's been really interesting. I feel like there's a ton of talk online with people speculating what's going on. So that's really exciting just to kind of, you know, if you want to know what people are thinking, there are tons of articles and YouTube videos about people trying to pick apart the episodes. So that's always really fun. However, I don't know about you, and I definitely want to hear your opinion. I am not a huge fan of having to wait for episodes. mainly because I feel like that defeats the purpose of a streaming service. Because like, if I want to wait for the next episode the next week, I would have cable for that because I would have to wait. So it kind of annoys me that I have to wait every Friday to watch the next two episodes. But I'm sure from like a marketing perspective, it's a good move because people are talking about it and they're not sure what's going to happen. So people are kind of like speculating everything rather than binge watching the whole season and then making a YouTube video about it. So I understand, but also like I've got other shows to watch, man. It's like, why can't I just binge watch this and be over? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Be done with it. Yeah, it's a very small complaint, but... It is complaint nonetheless. I mean, I feel like you are definitely in the majority there, um, just from what I hear other people say, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I think you make a good point in that it's like I have a streaming service, so I'm just used to being able to watch as much as I want when I want mm-hmm. and not be waiting on it. I have mixed thoughts, which when do I not have mixed thoughts? (laughs) I do obviously enjoy being able to like go at my own pace. Like if I want to wait days in between, I can. Or if I want to sit down and watch it all, I can. Like I do like having that ability. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I guess the first streaming show that kind of did this that I watched was Love is Blind. Mm -hmm. And they would do the three episodes at once and then another three episodes the next week and then another three episodes right i liked that setup because it was like okay this is more than i would get on cable like you're saying like one a week is kind of a stretch too but they do that with the mandalorian as well mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's how disney wants to do it i don't know but a few episodes at a time i was okay with and what i liked about not having them all at once was number one I couldn't get spoilers, really, because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's like, well, I'm only on episode three and someone else has already finished the series. Right. So, like, I could stumble across, you know, a spoiler or, like, someone accidentally tells you something or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm old-fashioned in the sense that I still do like live television and, like, cable I'm a weird millennial, I know. <laughs> I really like the feel of I have a guide and 
these are the only options. Like what I scroll through is whatever's on TV. Those are my only options. Cause yeah. otherwise sometimes I'll scroll through forever, like not yes. being able to decide on something. The endless know? hole. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's something about that that I do enjoy. And with the episodes coming out, just like certain amounts at a time and not all at once. I feel like you have that week where everyone is able to like talk about it because we're all on the same pace if Mm -hmm. that makes sense like yeah like with love is blind it's like it gives me time to talk to my friends that week about like did you have you watched the three episodes like do you know what's going on and enjoy really enjoy those episodes and then be ready for the next set whereas if I sit down and watch all 10 episodes of something at one time then I don't really get that experience of like enjoying it through time with someone like I'm gonna talk to you after I finish it all and that's it so it's not as like community based if that makes sense I don't know that I think one a week is is a stretch like you're saying like that is like cable and that's weird to me to have on a streaming service so I think they should do like a few at once you know Mm -hmm. I like that and like I said I I binge watch a lot so (laughs) I'm not knocking that either. So I'm just offering another perspective. No, I appreciate that. And I can definitely see there are for sure advantages with both. So it's really just a matter of whatever you want to do. Because yeah, like season two of The Mandalorian, I didn't watch it as the seasons came out. So it was like I was still trying to avoid everything. But I'm sure, you know, if you like the first season, we watched each episode as it came out each week or whatever. And yeah, it's very much like, oh, do you watch it? What do you think of this? I wonder if it's blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Yeah. With something, I guess, that's going to have a lot of Easter eggs and stuff like WandaVision. It's nice to have time to like dissect it, you know, and wonder. Mm -hmm. And it holds that mystery. It's not just all given to you. Yeah, that's true. I have enjoyed what I've seen of WandaVision, though. It's really unique and fun. Yes, very unique. Very, like, creepy, but but funny at times, and yeah. Yeah, I got, especially on the third episode, I got real, like, Truman Show vibes. Yes, that's exactly what I thought as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see where they go with it, but I really like those two characters, so I'm glad to get more of them. Yeah, I feel like those two, Wanda and Vision, are the two I feel like we don't really know too much about. So as far as from a movie perspective, it's going to be fun. Definitely. Well, speaking of having to wait on TV shows for forever, Amazing (laughs) Race, (laughs) we don't know when it will come back. (laughs) Sadly true. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. But in the meantime, while we wait, do you have a reason why we should be on The Amazing Race? Okay, this is a small one, but I feel like maybe not everyone has this experience. So I'm going to go with it. Okay. We have a lot of experience traveling with backpacks. Hmm. That is true. Especially you. I feel like you're the master at (laughs) just like (laughs) packing everything you need into one backpack and moving right along. We've worked with, in our circumstances, it was for the purposes of like, I only get one bag on this flight or like, I don't want to pay extra or something. Or like, when we get off this plane, we're going to be walking around a lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to worry about like, 
an actual suitcase or duffel bag or something. A lot of places we've been together, like all we have is a backpack and we walk around the whole place like that. And so yeah. I feel like we're used to packing light, I guess. And I'm not super concerned. Like I'm not trying to pack like a hair straightener, <laughs> you know, some of these ladies do. And I will not look as good as they do, <laughs> but that's okay. Right. Um, I'm fine with that. But not everyone has that experience of traveling just in that backpack. Yeah. And we do. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. That's a great point. And yeah, like that's a small thing. But in the scheme of the Amazing Race, that's basically everything your whole life. (laughs) Yeah. And recently, I really enjoyed listening to previous racers talk about like what they pack and what they don't pack. And I feel like that will be very helpful for future people who decide to go in the race and stuff like that. And hopefully us. But yeah, that's a great point. And sometimes I even found myself like I can't even think of the last time that I checked a bag on a flight. It still blows me away that people check their bags. And so I'm like, Oh, people still do that. (laughs) You can be surprised how much you can fit in a small little little bag. It's true. That was a good one. Thank you. I'm glad you glad you liked that one. (laughs) Oh, before we move on, I forgot that I did have one other thing I wanted to say because it was relevant to last week when I talked about the um, drama going on in the High School Musical, the musical, the series. Ooh, yes, do tell. Yes, I feel ridiculous every time I say that. I don't know if I have (laughs) made that clear enough yet, but... Yes, there have been developments I haven't told you about yet. Yeah. And that is, first of all, Sabrina Carpenter released a music video for her song, Skins. Mm-hmm. Skin. I always want to say Skins, but that is that British show that, yes. saw, <laughs> that I did not watch because uh, I got weird vibes from that. She release a music video for it and there is a car in one of the scenes there's a guy who is better looking than the guy they're fighting about (laughs) so there's that um and then the video is really good you know I like the song like I said Mm -hmm. before um so the video is good so that was interesting. And again, Joshua can't stay out of it for too long because he also released a new song with a new music video. I watched that yesterday and I don't even remember the title of it. I'm sure you can find it if you go to YouTube. But a big theme, again, of the song was lying. And whoever this girl is, aka Olivia, <laughs> apparently a big liar, at least according to him, because that's like all he can say about her. Okay. And the video was really, really odd. Like, I think he was trying to be, trying to be artsy. And instead it was just like, okay, did you have like one person to help you film this or what? (laughs) Yeah. Because he's just like standing on a train track the whole time, like standing in one spot, looking at the camera, looking off to the side, looking back, lots of eye contact with the camera. That's it. The whole time he's just singing that and not even lip syncing it very well, in my opinion. (laughs) So, had to give a little update since we talked about that. Yeah, it's just continuing on. It keeps going. Energizer Bunny. And these all have millions of views. It is crazy. And I am some of them, which is... (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy, though. Especially, like, this guy really doesn't seem like he's that great. No. Maybe he is. Who knows? But, yeah. (laughs) 
I don't know. I'm not convinced yet that it's not all contrived. It's hard to believe it sometimes. Like that it's some things are genuine out there. So you never know nowadays. Maybe 10 years from now when they all have their own books. (laughs) Yeah, when they're 30 and they've already written their memoir. Yeah, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Well, we, you know, like we were just talking about some um, music of the day. I mean, no offense to all the all those people out there, Olivia's and Sabrina's and Joshua's of the world. <laughs> I don't know how iconic their TV show or their song is going to be. It'll be remembered by some, I'm sure. But what we're talking about today is probably my number one favorite of all time podcast called The Soundtrack Show. Now some of you may be like, Anna, you've already talked about this. Okay, that was just scratching the surface. Okay, I was getting everybody's foot wet, just kind of like, you know, putting it out there, seeing what happens. Wetting the appetite. Yeah, just turning up the volume just a little bit. But get ready. We're going full blast. I'm ready to educate everybody because it's a great show. So, it started in 2018, and I have been a first episode listener somehow. I don't even know how. I think it was maybe like an advertisement on some random podcast I was listening to, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So not to toot my own horn, but... But she is a hipster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Day one fan over here. No big deal. So the host of the show is named David W. Collins, He is a composer. He also does like sound design work and does it like for movies and video games and stuff like that. So he's very well versed in the art of making music. The first season of the show is very foundational. So like I actually listened to the first episode yesterday on my way to work just to kind of like remind myself of back in the day in 2018 when I was listening to this episode. (laughs) Simpler times. Yes. If you're interested in that, like the first few episodes are pretty interesting. It's it's very much more so of an overview of what's the importance of music in movies specifically. And maybe he'll talk about like terms like pitch and rhythm and talk about some examples of how the hero's journey, for example, is part of the main crawl in Star Wars. That episode is the first episode where he kind of analyzes that. So the hero's journey is in, I think it's kind of like a literary kind of framework, I guess is the way to say it, to where, you know, the, the it's Luke Skywalker is our hero of the first Star Wars movie. And the song kind of shadows what's going to happen in the movie where, you know, you meet Luke, he's down in the dumps, he finds a mentor, kind of grows a little bit, goes through some tough times, and then finally rises to victory. And there's something like the award ceremony, for example, at the end of the movie. So anyway, there's a lot of that. Um, just kind of talking about how music really makes a movie even more exciting and more real. Like you feel like you're there. You don't really have to listen to the first few episodes if you don't want to. I mean, it's not one of those like a true crime podcast, for example, where if you haven't listened to the first episode, you probably should not be listening to episode 10 because you're going to be very (laughs) confused. I definitely don't think that's the case for this kind of series. It's very much like you can kind of pick and choose what you want. Of course, 
you can listen to all of them like me, even if you don't really know what some of the stuff is. Yeah, you can definitely just pick and choose which ones you're interested in. Yeah, just kind of see what what all he has to offer because he has several different types of episodes. Like I said, he did he did one on music and death, for example. So way back in, I don't know how long ago it was, many, many years ago. <laughs> back whenever Latin was, uh, you know, a thing. Diacere is like, it's kind of like a chant that is said, I guess it's in Christian Christianity. I don't really know. He, he talks about it in the episode. I, it's just been a while since I've seen it. But Diacere is the name of basically the sound that music makes to indicate death. And I feel like in our psyche somewhere, we associate, ha, 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 like, <laughs> the, I'm, a gr- I'm a great singer, just so you know. But that sound is Diacere. And, like, there are a lot, he goes through the episode. It's very interesting to me. Just, like, iconic songs that you listen to that are eerie and kind of give you that feeling of, like, danger or fear or something like that. And it's because mm-hmm. it stems with Diacere. Very cool, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So the majority of his stuff is about soundtracks. So, like, music that's in a movie. But he has done a few episodes on, like, sound design and Foley artists who, you know, are the people who make sound effects in movies and kind of make it more real as far as, like, oh, he slammed that door or those are swords that you hear clanging against each other, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's specifically in the Lord of the Rings series that he does. He talks about the sound design in that in Fellowship of the Ring is the is the one that he did first, obviously. He will take out some of the some of the sound design and the Foley artist work and it sounds completely different because, you know, they're filming out in the middle of New Zealand. And there's no way all of those microphones can pick up every little sound. If you listen to just like the audio by itself, like with no editing or anything on it, it's very astonishing. And you're just like, wow, it makes you appreciate people behind the scenes who really make things sound the way that they do. So highly recommend those episodes if you're really interested in that. I feel like that's the kind of thing like sword fighting sounds or like, you know, stepping that stuff, if it's done well, you're not going to even think about the fact that it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like your brain just like associates that. And that's what's so interesting about it because he does talk about like the different a lord of the rings again is like one that comes to mind because he did talk about a lot of the sound designs that were made for some of those sounds and so it's because this is like a fantasy world so some of these sounds we wouldn't think would exist on earth so they created these new sounds within their london studio or going outside the studio and trying to think of what is this sound gonna sound like It's very interesting stuff. So I appreciated that he went into that. Um, He does do a lot of film score analysis. So this is the part where I definitely recommend, like, if you are just interested in one of these movies, I would highly recommend just listening to it because I feel like you can get so much more out of the movie 
if you understand some about the music and some about the composers. Yeah. His very first score analysis was actually about Jaws, which I've never seen Jaws before. And part of me was like, should I watch Jaws before I listen to this? And then I was like, well, I don't have a way to watch it and I don't have time and all those excuses. I feel like I've seen it (laughs) just because (laughs) he does play a lot of clips And he incorporates also like the history of the director. So for example, the history of Steven Spielberg and where he kind of went from going to film school to making it to make this horror movie Jaws and all the issues that happened with the shark and how he came to know John Williams and then analyzing Jaws to go along with the movie and how really the music is the shark, not necessarily the actual shark. (laughs) So I still haven't seen Jaws. I definitely want to. And I feel like now that I've heard the soundtrack, it makes me want to watch it even more and understand it more. So there's a lot of those moments where you just appreciate it. So yeah, Jaws is the first one. He has done one video game, which is Super Mario Brothers. As you may know, I'm not a huge video gamer. I am married to one, but I only know a little bit. That episode in itself is very interesting because it Super Mario Brothers, it talks about the first one. So it's involving the 8-bit kind of like, I, I, don't, I don't really want to sing it, but I guess I will, where it's the song that's like, do, do. Do, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, iconic. Yes, exactly. So that one was super interesting. Even if you're not really into video games like me, that episode was just incredible because the man who made that song, that composer, he had to do so much work to make that music in the video game. So it's very interesting. So I'm just going to list off some of the score analyses that he does. And if one of them kind of jumps out at you, I would highly recommend that you watch it or not watch it, but you listen to it and maybe watch it after you listen to the series. So he's done Star Wars, of course, like I mentioned, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Tron, the first Harry Potter movie, Rocky, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Casablanca, Superman, and the most recent series that he did was on Karate Kid. A lot of those are very different. A lot of those are John Williams scores. Which he's, you know, but it's kind of like, if you don't like John Williams, then I don't know what to tell you. You're probably not going to like this show. (laughs) Like, anyway. Yeah. I appreciate it because, I mean, John Williams has created some of the most iconic songs of our time, I feel like. Yeah. It's just amazing what he's been able to create. Yeah. If any of those sound interesting, I would definitely check them out. But he doesn't just do John Williams. You know, some of those movies are not John Williams anyway. But he does talk about, like, some older artists like Gold and Steiner and Morricone's Spaghetti Westerns. So he kind of talks about, like, stuff that I've never known anything about spaghetti westerns being a big one (laughs) (laughs) but it's very interesting just because like I didn't know that all of these movies all these westerns weren't maybe made in America and they were made abroad because it was cheaper or for whatever reason yeah so I feel like he just learned a bunch of random stuff and it's really cool another thing he does that I think is really interesting I haven't done it yet, and I definitely want to. He's done a couple movie commentaries. So he did Star Wars New Hope and Casablanca, where basically you sync up the movie with his episode, and he makes commentary on the music throughout the movie. Oh, I like that. 
Yes, it sounds so, so cool. So I definitely want, I've actually never seen Casablanca, so I should do that. And also I love Star Wars A New Hope. So I feel like both of those would be really interesting. Probably because one I've never seen, so it'd be interesting. And then another one that is just iconic would be really cool to kind of like hear his opinions on it. So that, I just find like that really interesting. So yeah, movie commentaries. And then he's done a few interviews He interviewed Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, who are the composers for Frozen and for Coco. Love them. He's actually interviewed them twice because he interviewed them, I think, yeah, kind of around whenever Frozen on Broadway premiered. And then when Frozen 2 came out, he interviewed them again. So that interview is interesting. And he also interviews like the Disney music president, soundtrack producer, and some composers, including the Cobra Kai composers. So I thought that was cool. The last thing that I want to mention, uh, I did talk about the score analysis. So if you're into those movies, definitely check those out. If you are into Halloween, you really need to check out this. (laughs) You really need to check out this show because... I think it was his past Halloween and then the year before, so 2019 and 2020 Halloween. He did so many good analyses of some great Halloween movies. So he did one on just a broad Universal Studios movie or monster music, I should say, like Dracula, Frankenstein, some of those like older classic movies. He did Psycho, Halloween, like the actual movie Halloween, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Tim Burton's Batman, and then I don't really know, Nightmare Before Christmas, kind of like teeters on Halloween and Christmas. The long debate. Yes, exactly. That's why I said to teeters, because it's definitely one that could go either way. But yeah, all of those are really great. And again, if any of those movies you really love, I would suggest that you look at them and listen because it's really interesting. And then he did one Christmas movie, which I was very proud. He did Home Alone this past Christmas, which if you know me, I love Christmas. And Home Alone is one of my top three favorite Christmas movies. And if you didn't know, shocker, the soundtrack was done by John Williams, nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) Which, after he did that, I didn't realize how many great people were involved with that movie. So, like, John Williams did the score, which is fantastic. And then it was written by John Hughes, which he's written, like, some of my favorite movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, all that. Mm -hmm. And the director was Chris Columbus, who did Harry Potter and like Mrs. Doubtfire. So it's just like, man, this is a stacked movie. There's a reason the movie is iconic. It is. It really is. Yeah, I feel like this show has something for everyone. If you are like a music scholar and you like have your... I don't know, you're a conductor somewhere, I guess, is like the, I don't know what the highest level of being a musician is. I praise you for doing that. Your art form is amazing. (laughs) Then I feel like you would enjoy this show. But even if you literally know nothing about music other than you can feel the vibrations of the earth and you enjoy music that comes out, then I feel like you would enjoy it. He doesn't use like big terms And if he does, he, I feel like, explains them in layman's terms to where they're very understandable. And like I said earlier, even if you skip episodes, he may refer back to something like, oh, I talked about John Williams on the Jurassic Park episode and blah, blah, blah. But it's never like, you didn't listen to this, so you're not going to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Which I feel is very, it's not as intimidating as some other shows out there. In all, it's a fantastic show. Very fun. To me, it just makes me happy every time I see the episode download into my feed because I'm just like, yes, I know I'm going to have a good day because it's going to be just lighthearted and fun, interesting, informative. I just love it. I can't say, well, I could say more, but (laughs) it's just great. If you love music, if you love movies, if you're interested to learn more about like why your movie is so good, then it's probably because of the music that's in it. And I think this is a great way to learn about it. Fantastic. Yeah. The first time you told me about it, I was interested. Um, I said before that I am not musically gifted. You know, I, I can't read music. I don't play any instruments. I don't really sing unless, you know, I'm in the car or the shower. <laughs> so I like that this sound sounds not intimidating for someone like me and like I could come out of it feeling like a lot more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and in general like I really like movie commentaries you know like I feel like that's a very obscure thing that not a lot of people enjoy but I really like that and it's just fun to know all the elements that went into making something that you really like so I I think that's is really cool that he does that I'm interested I just feel like it's really fun and important to notice like all of these people that put in so much work mm-hmm. into the movies that we just like put on in the background or like yeah. watch passively or have seen a hundred times or that are iconic you know we can understand like how much work went into these little details and how important those details really are yeah for sure it definitely I feel like gives an appreciation for music particularly and in that first episode that I listened to great melodies tell great stories it's kind of like a good overview I guess of like what he wants to talk about on the show and he talks about basically I didn't write the quote down But basically, music is 50% of the movie and the other 50% is like the acting and the sets and the costumes. And it just reminds you of the importance of music because it really can make or break it. And this is a great example. Like Psycho, for example, you know, the iconic strings for the part when um, Norman Bates is stabbing the girl in the shower. How many times now do we use that music cue for like something scary? It's just something we do now. It's just like, yeah, that's what stabbing sounds like (laughs) in a movie, you know? (laughs) It's just crazy. Um, Yeah, just like how that seeps into our subconscious and it's just like, that's just a part of the movie going experience is a lot of this stuff and just like work of one person, but it's just like spread to everywhere. So it's really cool. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people will understand what I'm saying. Like you hear a song and even like in real life and it just takes you back to a moment like, oh, yeah. oh wow, I listened to this all the time when I was in high school or my dad and I would always listen to this song together, things like that yeah. in real life. And the same thing goes for movies or TV shows. I mean, even this week... <laughs> I tweeted about it because I have no shame that (laughs) twice I watched just the last scene from (laughs) a Cinderella story at the football game. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of my favorite movies and it's such an impactful scene and 
you will not change my mind about that. <laughs> <laughs> the song that's playing is a Jimmy Eat World song, Hear You Me. And it is so such a good song on its own. Jimmy Eat World is awesome and just like, wow, the 2000s, they are it. <laughs> And when I hear that song, like, on my Spotify or something, like, it comes on, it takes me to that scene. Yeah. Or, like, I'll Be by Edwin McCain. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they're dancing in the gazebo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And you just feel that emotion, and it's tied to something that's very, like, nostalgic or significant to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like we as movie viewers can understand that and like, okay, if something like that is so, you know, ingrained in my mind, it's like we're not even thinking about the score, you know, just like the background mm-hmm. music that adds so many elements, but that if you heard it, it would still like trigger that memory or tie something back for you to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Music just has an amazing way of connecting those memories and all those feelings that you have about whatever it is, like fear or romance or comedy action, where you feel like you just want to like jump up and like climb a mountain or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like you get all those um, different emotions. So it's pretty cool. I hope you'll check it out. Please let me know what episode you end up trying. Like, uh, you know, if you pick out a different movie that you like or an interview or something like that, I'm very curious to hear what you think. So please let us know and connect with us on email, Instagram, Twitter, however. We would love to hear it because I'm like I said, obsessed and would really love to hear what you think. And just if you learned anything, if you didn't learn anything, that's fine too. (laughs) I want to hear it all. Definitely check him out. The soundtrack show. It's fantastic. I, for one, will be checking it out. Just sounds like a very pleasant thing. Just kind of a calming show to listen to changes it up from the true crime um so (laughs) that sounds that sounds nice and just relaxing (laughs) and educational but still like entertaining so that sounds good yeah if you thought this episode was educational and or entertaining then hey please (laughs) please (laughs) give us a rating leave us a review and subscribe while you're at it just so that you never miss another episode Mm -hmm. um we post every week and we would love to get your feedback most definitely thank you so much for listening to another episode of pop culture on the rocks and until next time i'm callan i'm anna that's a wrap 